Well, good evening, everyone. My name is uh, Tim. I'm here as the Assistant Minister uh, at St John's, and so it's great to see all of you uh, with us tonight. Uh, before we continue, I'd love to thank uh, our choir for... Uh, it is still a choir. Six people still makes a choir, so I want to thank uh, our choir for being here tonight and singing for us. Uh, particular thanks to Nick and Janisa, who sort of, I mean, they all kind of helped out, but definitely threw this together at what was very much the last minute, so a big thank you to them as well. Uh, we're going to be uh, looking a little bit today at what peace means for us, but I'm going to continue in prayer, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who is with us. We thank you that you are with us today uh, on this special day uh, as we prepare ourselves for the, the wonderful day that we have tomorrow. Lord, we pray that you'll be with each and every one of us, that you'll open our hearts and our minds tonight. Uh, that we know more clearly what your will is for us. Lord, we pray what is spoken, that it is done for your glory and in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, when I was a child, I spent a lot of my time in choirs uh, singing. Um, if I start to cough, it's because I was singing too much up the front earlier with the, the rest of you. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but I spent a lot of my time singing, uh, and I was given the opportunity many times to sing in the, the choir that was on the stage, uh, the carols in the domain. Uh, and I remember every year it would finish, I don't know if it still does because I haven't watched The Cows in the Man for a long time, but it would finish with the, the famous John Lennon and Yoko Ono song, uh, Happy Xmas, or as it's more commonly known as War Is Over. Uh, and it was an interesting song because it's, it's a song really not so much about Christmas as much as it is the desire for peace that we often talk about at Christmas time. Uh, it was a it was an anti-war song, uh, particularly it was written in relationship to the Vietnam War, uh, and it's a song that really kind of draws at the heart. I think a lot of people feel about Christmas in that it should be ideally a time for peace. Uh, we often hear phrases like "peace on earth and goodwill to all men," uh, and we hear stories of peace and love and, and togetherness, and we encourage to come together for one another uh, and to be at peace. Uh, I think the sad truth, however, is that for many of us, Christmas is often not a time of peace. Uh, it is a time of stress, a time of burden. Uh, looking at our world, both nationally and politically, both in our state, government, internationally, we feel divided, we feel in conflict. Uh, more close to home as we prepare for Christmas, we have stressful families, difficult family members, uh, busyness, we want to throw a good party. Um, I've noticed a lot of people lately have been really stressed about their COVID tests because they want to go on their holidays. Uh, and they just, they simply want to travel and they're waiting and waiting and some people have been waiting for out 92 hours to get their test. Uh, and their stresses are through the roof. And I think a lot of the lack of peace that comes at Christmas time isn't because we're, we're necessarily in direct conflict, but because we're not certain about what is going to happen in the next few days. As we prepare to host and plan and have our families and friends over, we're not sure if the day will go well. We want it to go well. But the stresses that come with the fear of it failing uh, perhaps remove the peace that we might often feel in our hearts. Is my uncle going to say that weird thing again that offends my sister? Is my brother going to bring up that thing I did four years ago that I'm really embarrassed about? Is my family just not going to show? The worry and fear that we have for our future, the lack of security that we all feel in the future, adds to our lack of peace today. Uh, and nowhere is that more highlighted, I think, in what has been the last two years of dealing with COVID-19, the insecurity of knowing what will happen tomorrow. 
Uh, yesterday, I was expecting to see a crowd of, of beautiful faces smiling and singing, and instead I see a crowd of masks. We just don't know what is going to happen. And it's hard for us to feel at peace with that insecurity in our hearts. And today, my encouragement to you is to consider how the birth of Jesus and who he is can bring you peace. Our first reading today, I think, expressed the real problem that is in the world, that humanity at its core, expressed in the Bible, cannot find peace because it is at war with God. We are separated from God. We are in conflict with him. And we, what we call this is sin. Uh, you may not be actively pursuing an anti-God lifestyle or uh, you know, going out there and protesting God on the streets or whatever you're choosing to do, but the Bible tells us that all of us, every single person in this room, is at war with God. We choose to ignore him, to reject him. We think of ourselves better than we should. Uh, I was having uh, a chat with a teenager a few years ago talking about sin, and he, he said to me, I'm a good person. And my response to him was, by, who and, by whose and what standard are you measuring your goodness? Now, I don't think many of us in this room could call ourselves murderers, but maybe there's a few of us who are cheaters, who've been violent, angry, who've lied. And even if we haven't done those things, when we compare ourselves to a righteous and powerful God, our creator, who, just for argument's sake, say he did create this world, he has the right to define what is right and wrong. When we compare ourselves to him, we are unable to reach goodness. We are unable to reach peace. No matter how much humanity has strived and worked and, and, and crawled and, and, and died for peace, at our own efforts, we have never been able to fully achieve it. Now, I want to be cautious. There are, are definitely moments in our life where we feel at peace, but how permanent is it? Our readings today are uh, perhaps help us look towards a hope that we can expect in Jesus that can help us with our peace and with our war with God. Our first one from Genesis, I will put an enmity between you and the woman, this is God talking to the snake, and between you and your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. There's this promise at the very beginning when God has already shown us how humanity has failed in that he promises hope he promises one that will crush the head of that that caused us to sin, of that that tempted us. And there's this temptation for us to expect in our salvation a great and tough and strong and, and powerful man to come on this earth and defeat the evil of this world. Uh, the modern hero story is about the strength of will of the hero. Every superhero story. I went and saw Spider-Man last night, great movie. But it always ends in the same kind of concept. The, the hero seems like they're about to be defeated, but through sheer strength of will and strength of power, they muster up the strength to defeat the evil that sets before them. And it's a great story of power that we expect. And as we read from some of the passages that were read today, we, we too have this kind of imagery of strength of power. He will judge not by what he sees or with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decision for the poor of the earth. 
There's this imagery of a, of a saviour who will come and bring true justice, punish the wicked that have gone unpunished for so long. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of, God, of the Lord of his God. And they will live securely for them. His greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Our reading from Micah promised this safe haven, this king that will come and shield and protect his people from the violence of this earth. And even from Matthew, she will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. When we look at these things, and if we were to go back and read through in detail all of our readings, there's, there's a, this feeling that maybe we should expect a really strong and powerful warrior king who will bring down true strength into this world and defeat all of those who oppose God. And I'm always reminded when I think of the, the birth of Jesus, of the Lion King. Uh, it was my favorite movie growing up. I think I watched it. it was a, it's the only movie I've gone to the movies more than once to see. I saw it three times at the movie as a kid. I do not know why my parents let me go three times, but I did see it three times. And it, uh, my favorite, the most memorable scene is obviously the scene on the cover where you know, the movie opens and the animals all gather around what is essentially the lion's house throne thing. And at the very tip of the rock, he holds up the newborn son the future king of the, of the whole um, nation, or whatever you want to call it, pride lands, and the nation of animals bow down before this king, acknowledging that he is their leader, he is their ruler. And I think that's a way for a king to be born, for the world to look at him and bow down in awe at this child that will one day rule them. But instead, in the Bible, we get, we get this. We get this, this baby, this child, born in a backwater part of the world, a world that no one really cared about, born into anonymity, where no one even knows that this child is born, into a manger. And it's, it's a pretty mundane story when you examine it. It's, it's a, a story of a census that requires someone to move to their original hometown. And obviously, if anyone's tried to book over New Year's, you know it's impossible to book when everyone's going to the same place. And they, they get to the town and they're just forced to stay in the place where the animals are because it's the only place available to them. And a child is born. It's such a non-event. And you would not expect the king, this savior, this mighty counselor, wonderful savior who's going to come to be born in such a way. But in his birth, in the birth of Jesus, he shows us the kind of king, the kind of ruler that he is. And it's divine to find in his work and what he came to do. This is, rather, this is Jesus, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. The problem with our conflict, the problem with our lack of peace, the problem with this world is that it cannot be solved through sheer strength of will and muscles and power and military might. Peace will never be achieved through our will and through our want and through our strength. God has looked at this earth and he has found it wanting. He has found us full of sin. And God looks at this earth and says, I must bring justice as it is appropriate, or I would be an unjust God. 
And through Jesus, God brings true justice. In his death and resurrection, in Jesus at that cross, the punishment that every person deserves, the true justice that belongs to every man and woman on this earth is wiped away if they ask for it through his forgiveness. Jesus was born in a manger because he didn't come to rule with an iron fist and demand obedience. He came to sacrifice, to give his life, to save the people that he served, to save his rulers. I do not know many in leadership that would perhaps willingly die for the people they serve. I know many who would happily send others to die. But I wonder how many would be willing to die for the sake of the people that they serve. That is the king. That is the baby born in a manger, not born for his own wonder, but for the salvation of the world. And while earth doesn't acknowledge God, Jesus being born, and while his birth from an earthly sense is a non-event, we actually read, as we saw in Luke, that the heavens, however, danced and praised and worshipped God. Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that today will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. Heaven in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is the pride rock moment of Jesus. Although I say this probably came first, so you could say the pride rock moment is this of Jesus, of Simba. But anyway, this is the moment where the world, the true heaven celebrates the wonder that is to come. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born. This Messiah, this Lord, is first and foremost a saviour. Peace upon those his favour rests. True peace is not found in strength. True peace is found in Jesus and the cross. Because while we may not be able to know how tomorrow's dinner plans or lunch plans will go, while we may not know whether we'll get the, positive te the negative test so that we can travel and visit our relatives, we know that we can stand before our Heavenly Father and say, I am your child through the wonder of Jesus Christ. We can ask him for forgiveness through the justice poured out for Jesus at the cross. My challenge to each and every one of you is to consider, do you have true peace, everlasting peace? Do you look to Jesus and see someone who can save you? Because what we have read today is that that is the truth that Jesus Christ is the one that brings us true peace as our Savior, as our Lord, and as our Messiah. Let me finish in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who is always with us, a God who has sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so the sins that we deserve are taken away and instead replaced with his righteousness. Lord, we pray that you will help us to come to you to acknowledge our failings and to receive and ask for the forgiveness through Jesus Christ, whose in name, his name we pray. Amen.